Hey, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Indie Film Cafe. I'm your old pal, the Moo Cow, otherwise known as Paul A. Presenza, and I'm joined by... Jonathan A. Moody. Outstanding, sir. And together, we are joined by... Rimaku. Yay! Rimaku is back for this season. We're So we've had Rimaku since uh, season three. There you go. And we have loved having her here. Absolutely. <laughs> and so we we just asked her nicely. And I thought she, it was so short notice. I thought she'd have no time. to. I know. Up, Especially for this movie that Moody found and showed me and was like. Oh, <laughs> no, not, not do that. Okay, well, misinformation. We okay. We we. I found this movie, and yes, it, it is a, it is a it is a Moo Cow movie, and um, it is the 2002 Damon Packard epic classic, Reflections of Evil, and boy howdy, there's some evil going on in this movie, <laughs> among other things, and um, I think this is going to be quite an interesting discussion. And we're going to have that discussion right after we listen to some mood music. And we are back. So I am dying to know, Ramaku, what did you think of Reflections of Evil? You ever have those movies that, you know, you know, sometime just a few weeks from now in the dark, in the night when you can't sleep, you're just going to wake up and you're going to think of that. And you're going to be like, oh, God, why? It, it it was possibly the worst you've ever sent me. <laughs> it's kind of a nightmare, isn't it? It's like the worst acid trip you could ever think of. Reimagined in French New Wave. So this is the, the the you know the movies that Ramaku has done. She has also done Attack of the Beast Creatures, mm -hmm. which was pretty bad. You it's know, the bitey puppets, the bitey puppet one. That was the first one. That was the one I thought yeah. would be the one that sends her running. We brought us. her in a little soft, you know, on the shallow end, just a little bit. We've gone into the deep end with this one. Oh no, the Tech of the Bitey Puppets was pretty, pretty bad. That was at least funny to watch. Right. It was fun. This, I, okay, so did you, so normally you watch these movies that we send you with friends. Did you, did you please tell me you watched them with your friends? I did, and we all had like this face the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours and 17 minutes and 30 something seconds. Of you watched on Tubi too. I am so sorry. There were commercial oh. breaks, and then it was right back to the. <laughs> <laughs> nice, 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 nice. So, is there any possible way in the world that you might be able to summarize what the movie or what happens in the movie? Um. So, like, think about this dude just trying to sell his watches and catch the bus and he can't do either he's selling time and not having enough left over oh, nice. doing this whole thing but everywhere he goes people are just violent and angry and yelling at him like if there were a guinness world record for the amount of times somebody just said what's up and i'll fucking kill you i think this movie would take it uh and so two hours of him wandering progressively getting more more stuff 
and progressively meeting more and more violent people. He's, uh, well, he's just, he's just eating candy the entire time being gross. And, uh, and then this other chick is running around trying, you don't know what's going on with her until the very last second. Uh, do I spoil it? Can I spoil it? Yeah, spoil I don't it. think this movie is possibly spoiled. Right, cool. Yeah, yeah. So like two hours of absolute disgusting nonsense that involves like a lot of violence and, and bodily fluids, but not like, not like oh, cool blood. No, I mean, there was like tomato paste, I think at one point, but like, it's more just like him puking and just winding up places and freaking out people. It's like things get worse and worse and worse until at the end, this chick shows up and it's just like, oh my God, I've been looking for you. Something about grandma. And like, uh, you don't remember that, was, that was the, that was the, I guess her sister, his sister, Julie, Julie, who you see at one point when they're on the like universal tour or whatever, and she mm-hmm. gets off the tour and leaves them, you know, or whatever, when they were kids. So there's things that aren't really explained in the movie that sort of needed should have been explained. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be perfectly honest. I like I completely like zoned out for parts of it because <laughs> just screaming is it's like after a while, all of the like like the cognitive noise that you get in your head, like it's like you know, there there are points in time where there are periods of time rather where you can hear this sort of stuff and it's fine. Mm-hmm. But then you come across something like this and it's two hours of just people screaming at each other. And it's like, by the end of it, I just felt exhausted. Yeah. And the thing was- is, you lose track of what's real and what's not, which is why to me, it's like a nightmare because those are the worst nightmares. Not so much that they make sense. The worst nightmares don't, you know, you have mm-hmm. no idea what the hell's going on or why it's going on or what's real, what's not real. And, and it's extremely difficult. This movie is, does a really good job of portraying that because you really couldn't tell what was going on, what was real, what wasn't. Yeah, it was, there was no, there was zero plot. Like there was, it was just like, they gave you a brief whisper of what his intentions were and how he failed to like achieve what he wanted. And then they waited to explain to the end. It's extremely, extremely ambitious. But just because you have an ambitious goal doesn't mean that you're able to necessarily to achieve it. You know, clearly there's something going on with his sister when he's a kid. They, the mother mentions that uh, she had PCP. The, the girl gets off the thing at the, at the universal thing and ends up getting wound up in these drug people. She vanishes. This clearly has an impact on Bobby who spends the rest of his life getting progressively worse and worse and becoming this homeless, horrible, grotesque, homeless person who just wanders through life. Uh, and then it turns out he was dead uh, since 1994 and now she pops in like I was saying at Jacob's Ladder saying you don't need to drag all this baggage around you know for all this stuff and it's to be continued and by the way he's working on the second part now which I know you why can't... <laughs> why because somewhere in his mind he said Ramaku needs to see more no. of this story Especially, because people are asking well it did say to be continued so are you ever gonna do second part because i thought that was a joke you know and then he was like oh no he's making a he's making oh, yeah. a sequel oh yeah and i was like why i exactly like respectfully yeah. sir respectfully sir like i would pay you my actual eyeballs to never have to see that that sequel <laughs> i would that, put them out and give a good you quote. Wow. that should be on the poster I'll for pay a you my movie. eyeballs not to make this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well and you might see that in this movie Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing about 
Damon Packard. Damon Packard is a troll. He makes troll movies and he makes a lot of short ones and he's made a few, a few longer ones too. I was introduced to him back in 2012 when he made a movie called Foxfur. And it's a wackadoodle strange movie that I wanted to get for, um, you know, uh, in my collection, because you know me, I love weird, crazy movies. And it got a lot of people talking about it. And then the same people who were talking about it and said, you know, this was cool, but you have to see his epic movie that he made in 2002 called Reflections of Evil. And back in 2012, you could not get any of this stuff because this was all self-made. It was all self-distributed. It was all self-produced. And it, it was only until recently that all of a sudden, bada bing, all of this stuff is now on Tubi. So I'm like, woohoo! I don't know how, because he uses a lot of uh, clips and commercials and things that I'm pretty darn sure he does not have the right and to. And that's why he it couldn't get it distributed forever. Yeah, it's archival footage. It's like a, I think there's like a period of time after something is made that you can use it. But they try, they, I know with, with music, it's a period of time after the, um, after like post-mortem. But I think with archival footage, you can just use it if it's publicly available. Okay. Like news yeah. clips and old commercials and things. Mm -hmm. well, maybe. Well, plus the, the stuff that he shot at Universal Studios, I'm sure he did not get permission. I, we were actually talking about that in the beginning. Uh, my friend, they said um, that it just seemed like nobody there knew that they were being filmed. Like, like half the time, it's just like, wow, that's that's a legality thing because you're supposed to get the signatures of everybody who appears uh, on your on your film if it's in a specific shot like that. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely a mix of people who are gawking at this guy running around in this bizarre outfit, and other people who he clearly is being, is pay, I hope is paid to act like crazy people, uh, you know, for the camera for him. But the line is so blurry that you really can't tell the difference sometimes. Well, there's also a scene where he steals a cop car. And <laughs> at first I was like, did he really just fucking steal the cop car? But then the guys in the, the guys in the back you know, of the cop car, you know, like right there. So I'm like, okay, so it's obviously, you know, written, you know, to be that way. There's no way two guys would jump into the car together, you know, yeah, like that. Yeah. With I just the feel like, car. I just feel like half of these people they probably found on the road and they're like, hey, you want to be in a film real quick? All you got to do is yell at each other. Yeah. yeah. So he has been making these movies and, you know, short films mainly for quite a while. He's, he's kind of known as being a troll in Hollywood, he's a guy that when he made this movie, he, he the only reason it got made is because he came into some, I don't know if it was an inheritance or an angel investor, somehow he managed to get a very large sum of money and he spent time being homeless. He actually spent time wandering around the streets of LA selling watches. So part of this is at least semi-autobiographical and he mm -hmm. utilized that experience to tell this story. And he got this, this money and he decided that this was the movie he was going to make, the mm -hmm. first long version that he was going to make, aside from his, his original first long one. That was the, the Apple movie I was telling you about. That's the, the sort of um, Lord of the Rings before Lord of the Rings came out. And it's called Apple? Oh, okay. called Apple and Elven Maiden, something like that. <clears throat> I can't find it. I, it's not on Tubi. I'm dying to get it. But little clips of it pop into this film. Mm -hmm. But he was, he's, been, he's been known for trolling Hollywood. 
when he got this made, he's, he made like a thousand copies on DVD, burned them, and he started mailing them out to everybody in Hollywood. You know, back in 2002, they still had they still had to have uh, physical addresses for everybody and you could get lists. So you could get like who, you know, the, all the producers were, all the directors, oh, all yeah. the, all the studio heads. And he was mailing them out to everybody. He was known for doing this. And apparently, and this is an apocryphal story because I don't know if it's true or not, but supposedly he actually got a reply from of all people, John Landis. <laughs> a card from Universal Studios, the monster thing, the thing, and it said, I saw your movie. I thought it was interesting. You need to cut it down to 90 minutes. Okay, was this this one? This <laughs> yeah, one? this one. Okay. Yeah. Well, he didn't. <laughs> no, he did not. Although there are a number of versions of this particular film, so he might have. I think there's like three or four versions. This is the quote unquote, I guess, the, the, the yeah, the regular version, the, <laughs> the one that he envisioned with all of the stuff like you know, he he got the uh, oh god, who was in the beginning? Um, uh, Tony Curtis, like the the Tony Curtis stuff at the beginning and the end, where he uh, overdubs, putting you know his own name in there instead of God knows who he was actually using. It was yeah. funny as hell. That was that was one of the funnier bits. Is that like uh, what he got Tony Curtis to say? You know his name and say the the production name. He's obviously talking about another film or whatever. So I just thought that was hilarious. But- right. And the thing is, he, the, the, it's not like a normal troll who's like wants to be part of the Hollywood <laughs> system. So he keeps sending people movies that he's made and nobody's interested. He's like specifically making stuff that he knows Hollywood has no interest in. That's what most of his movies are. Mm-hmm. If you go back and watch some of his shorts and some of his other things, it's him indicting Hollywood for the way they make their movies. And especially the three people he hates most of all are Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, and um, Francis, Francis Ford. Ford Coppola. So you yeah. probably you probably noticed a lot of anti-Spielberg stuff going on. And that's a theme that goes throughout most of his movies. But- she just said the really about this uh, Coppola, and you even said before that Coppola. You were surprised about Coppola. I was as well, surprised because, about. Coppola. Yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> yeah, it would be sort of like saying Brian De Palma. I mean, I can yeah. see it about Spielberg and and George Lucas. I've never really been a big fan of either one of them, but you know, that, you know, and he's got all this other stuff wrapped in there. So you know, there's, it's like he, he was taking this experience that he went through. And making it into this nightmare, he could, there's all this stuff going on, like the, the helicopters, which I'm sure was taken from Goodfellas. Remember that part with the helicopters over head? Adding oh, the- my gosh. They yeah. were present the entire thing. Like, as an experiment at the beginning, after about 20 minutes of just staring at the screen, we were like, what if we skipped to an hour and 30 minutes in? Would it make any more? Like, would we be able to see the progression? So we did. And it was just the same exact thing. It was just <laughs> wandering around like he doesn't know what the hell's going on. People screaming all around him, people getting progressively more violent to him. He has more baggage and uh, once again, more helicopters and the same footage of the same white Pomeranian barking at him. (laughs) And the chemtrails, don't forget the chemtrails. Chemtrails, yes. Yes, there was was a lot of the (laughs) same thing over and over again. And we were talking, so uh, a couple seasons ago, I guess we did uh we did miss werewolf and miss werewolf was like two hours and 45 minutes you have to see miss werewolf no you don't yes you do run away it's awesome run away awesome uh but like it it does the same thing where for like 10 to 20 minutes the introduction 
is a guy repeating the same thing over and over again, just maybe a little bit different, you know, each time. Well, the difference is that David the Rock Nelson doesn't like having space on because he self-produces everything too he doesn't like having a, a, a dvd that has empty space so he's going to fill it up with everything including outtakes including stuff that you're not supposed to see and including clips of him just talking about what you're gonna watch 30 minutes before you even the, before the movie even starts and we all talk about his monster collection yeah, he just, Java. It's so he just, really just wants to fill up space. Yes, yes. he's he, that's what he wants to do. That's not what's going on with this. Uh, excuse me, sir. I, I think so. I think this movie fills up a lot of space with it, a lot of it nothing. does, but I think I think there's a reason for that. I think he's trying to tell a, a sort of an epic story. You, you're trying to you're trying to act like he's an auteur who who like has a vision. I think and he, I think he is. I think, I think, this think he guy does. makes movies. Like that just, and he just puts everything into just one movie. And I, I think it could be two different movies. I think he's got a similar. plan. The problem is, is that it's, it's too much. It's way, 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 way too much. And even like I said, that middle part, that's the worst for me is that whole uh, golden guru druggy thing. You could have done that in five minutes as opposed to 20. Yes. I mean, so and there's and you're right there's a lot of stuff that goes on that's similar but i think part of the reason that too is you know again he's going back to his experience selling watches on the streets of la that had to feel like a never-ending nightmare of the same thing over and over and over and over and over again so so if you look back at the idea that this was all him dead right i guess is he in purgatory is that what it's supposed to be something like that so, I feel like he's, he, they said it was the afterlife. Afterlife. So he's in the afterlife and it's just like everything else that he's used to, right? Because it doesn't feel like anything's different except all the dogs are barking at him. All constantly. of them. Every, all of them. Every dog does not like this guy. I noticed the dogs got progressively more violent. I felt really bad because they were totally misrepresenting like pit bulls. Yeah. Well, pretty much every dog. But I think part of it too is that he was always had something draped off of him like 45 different pounds of clothing that was always hanging off. And, you know, dogs, they wanted, they just wanted to- He was constantly losing stuff, not getting it back, but winding up with it back. It was surreal for sure. And how many pairs of headphones can you possibly wear at the same time? That was just crazy. I mean, that to me, that was- trying to listen to. And at one point they became alive. Did you notice that? When when he was trying to hide in his mother's house, they, Mm. they, they, became alive and started moving around and she's like what is this this thing's alive bobby what are you doing yeah and it was his headphones and that that was the same scene where she's going around she's like in a sea of fucking cereal like there's like (laughs) cereal boxes everywhere fruit loops and uh uh fruity he did die from a sugar overdose so it would seem i would think so so well, that's what he's that's what she said yeah he's gonna get fatter than bob harwood Oh man. And then that scene where he's in the restaurant oh, and he's God. just like eating. That the was food so and, cringy. And then she kept saying, Bobby, don't put the sandwich down. Put the sandwich down. Wait for the, the waitress. And she kept saying that yeah. over and over. Yeah. And kept calling him a fat pig. And I was just like, oh, 
Why do we have to keep seeing this? Like, stop. Yeah. Then he, like, sneak a bite and put it down. And then he tried to like, you know, oh, look up there. the light. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, he puts all of this grotesquery in there. All the sounds are weird. Yeah, the- it was it was very, very off-putting. Um, so I, like full disclosure, I have, I have synesthesia, which means that sometimes when sounds happen, I can hear or when I hear things, sometimes I can feel them. Oh. Or I can taste them, or just some other sense goes off. So nice. all the squelching nice. sounds, I was getting literally like it felt like my skin was crawling. Oh. It felt like there was like cold trickling down yeah. my spine. Well, it was just here's a lot of here's the thing: you're you're gonna love this, Ramaku. So uh, Damon Packard is an editor. He does editing not only for himself, but he does editing for other people. I think that's how he kind of sort of made what living he did when he was you know, making his own short films before he got this financing. And you can definitely tell, and despite the fact that there's this nightmare grotesque story going on, there is some skill. There are some genuinely disturbing, nightmarish, horrific images that are in this film that have been skillfully put together. Um, There's a lot of interesting dissolves. There's a lot of interesting stuff that that's kind of what I was hoping that people would, would get from this. Is that yes, you are you are hammered over the head with a sledgehammer with how weird this is, but there's other stuff going on there that's actually pretty good. It's just that you know he's not really interested in telling a story in this, the traditional Hollywood kind of narrative form. He has no interest in that, and um, he's just going to do it his own weird kind of way. And this is this is what he did. I mean- I definitely saw like the the French new wave of it, you know, the the where everything is very surreal, everything is very representative of something else. I could see that for sure. Like I can I can see where you're coming from in in thinking that he is a, a form of 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 artist. And some uh, of that is not easy to do. Some of those dissolves, I mean, you got to have some real skill to pull that off. Yeah. I just still think that like you can have all the skill in the world to pull off a single shot and still tell a terrible story. Right. I think well, that, like <clears throat> as much as I can appreciate the effort that went into this and I can appreciate um, what he was trying to do. I don't think that he pulled it off the way. He, right. He right. 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 And, and that's kind of the thing I wanted to, that I was hoping that you guys would see because I'm especially moody because he has seen some of the other stuff. As, as bad as some of these other folks like, you know, David the Rock Nelson or Neil Breen does, they don't have the skill to do some of the stuff that was done in this film. They just don't. But, I mean, I'm going to be with Ramaku on this. Like, it doesn't matter, like, watching it. It doesn't matter how cool some of the shots are and how cool the editing is. If the story itself sucks and is boring and is just repeating itself constantly... The movie sucks. I mean, you know, like I can appreciate individual pieces and still not like the whole, right? Sure. It reminds me of uh, Alien Prophecy. You liked you and Mackenzie both liked some of it. You know, yeah. you like there was a couple good things in it. Really? That actually, yeah. And <laughs> I, I did not see anything good in. Oh Lord! I can find the positive in anything. Excuse me. Well, <laughs> can you find one in this silver lining? Yeah, come on. There's a few things in here. Okay, okay, okay. Positives in this. I really liked when he fell down and like blood splattered everywhere, and it was like very obviously like tomato paste, tomato sauce, but yeah, like gross. it was very smooth and quick, and it spread out in like a perfect little like. And that but, was then, cool. but then when he got back up, it was gone. 
So, yes, yes, but I can appreciate that fall. I think yeah. that fall was pretty cool. He fell a lot. Yeah. Um, I think that the chaos of an audio mix at the very beginning, um, it was extremely, extremely, extremely unpleasant, but I think it was intended to be so. So right. in that great success, I hated it. <laughs> Um, and then you know this about this whole movie, great success for making me hate it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Congratulations, Packard. You did great. I hate it. If that was your intention, you, you go. just, just batted that right out of the park, right out of the park. Fantastic. It's terrible. If you intended it to be good. Think he, <laughs> think he intended it for it to be in the way he intended it to be and leaving it up for everybody else to determine whether it was good or bad. Um, yeah. That's all you can do with art is just it's, chuck it out there. And you can't really say that art is bad because it is still art. It is not intended to always be pleasing. It is intended to make exactly. me feel something. And this made me feel uh, vomitous. <laughs> but there's so just so much of it. That's but, the problem. But would the you know? vomit be? Was it what, what? What was the vomit that they had in this movie? Oh like, God! There was that river of like it looked like uh, beef and carrots. It we, did. It looked like beef stew, and he was in no place in this entire thing eating beef stew. Yeah. Where did it come from? And like, I mean, it, it, the only other big problem I'm I have with the movie is it kind of kept jumping to different time periods. You know, like it jumped from. The beginning then it was like a few months earlier and then it was like 1971 there was like 1990 you know what i mean like it was way too much of jumping from different stuff i mean and the problem with that was like everybody looked the same you know like it didn't so well, i thought the times in the in like 1971 looked really good they had the clothing they had the period cars you know i was pretty convinced about that and again some money went into that um it's just that the, the jumps were very abrupt. They were well, very abrupt. The cars, it said in the credits, like they're provided by. So I have a feeling like he didn't pay for those cars. People let him have those cars in the background and stuff. That's what my guess would be. But it could be he could have paid for it. I don't know. I don't know if real any money was actually spent in this month movie. I really like, he had a bunch of money to fund it. But where did it go? Because this looks like it was filmed on like a cheap old camcorder. A ticket to Universal that we know that for sure. Yeah, you know? and then so, yeah, but were, Max, you're paying for like three people to go in there. The cameraman, there were, um, the chick, and the dude. There were models that were used, so there was money for that. They got a cop car, you know, and cop uniforms. Uh, there were some location I think things. They had real cops. Like I think those cops were real. They were, you know, I. That's what I'm gonna it's guess. Hard to tell because again, like a like a nightmare. You don't know where reality begins and ends in this uh -huh. film. You know, yeah. it's, it's really very skillful in that. I'm telling you, if, if you skillful. were trying to make this on purpose, which is what he was doing, it's not an easy thing to do. Now, I'm not, I'm, you have to divorce yourself from what the story is versus how the story was created. Okay. It was created, in my opinion, very skillfully. The problem is the story is so much an incoherent mess even if that was his intention, that it overshadows absolutely everything else about the film. True. Yeah. Here's the thing is, I understand that he wanted to defy the way that Hollywood tells stories, but the way that stories are told, it is based in human psychology. 
Right. It really is like you can push the limit. Absolutely. You can, you can, you know, jump from time to time to time. Like, like if you look at um, Lake House, if you look at the movie Lake House, Sandra Bullock, that was filmed all out of order. Um, Sandra Bullock, like, like Miss Congeniality. And he's like punching the wall at one point with her face on. It was funny. Like, yeah, he's all mad because he missed the bus. And he <laughs> right. Yeah. We were, we were saying like Sandra Bullock didn't deserve that man. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but okay so so there are ways you can push you can push the envelope for sure and you can tell stories in different ways but ultimately the you know the 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 idea of a three or a five act like system of storytelling does ring true because it does tell an effective story and because narrative is so important to us as human beings i mean it is so important that it's the last thing that we let go of before we die because, you know, when you have a near-death or a death experience, you have your life flashing before your eyes. That's the last story, right? We hold on to narrative so much that it affects everything that we do in life. Sure. So it's like, <clears throat> if you're telling the narrative wrong, everything else can look really cool in bits and pieces as individual components. But if the whole entire thing does not fit, you can't connect to it. Not, not, well, not in the way you, you want to. I've got two things to say about that. A, I think part of the problem is that we didn't get to see the whole narrative. Because remember at the end, he says to be continued and he is filming it. So part of the problem, in my opinion, is that he was unable to tell what he wanted to tell in, the, in two hours and 17 minutes, knowing that he was going to have to do more. And that's a problem in and of itself. If but, two and a half hours, um, like give or take a few minutes, is, is not enough time for you to tell a story like this you need better writers right 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 so that that's that's a problem however i want to say this too i do appreciate and enjoy when somebody can take the narrative form and totally flip it around or do weird things with it you know christopher nolan does that yes irreversible Irreversible is I a movie. I refuse to watch that. I refuse and, to watch it. And I totally get that because it, it that's another example of where a narrative <clears> has <throat> been totally reversed. I mean, that's the whole point is that it's totally in reverse and <clears throat> you can appreciate the technical aspect of the way that that film was made, but you better darn well divorce yourself from what you're seeing because the narrative itself is so violent and horrific yeah. that you well, it overshadows the what happened it, i just don't need a scene of that particular crime happening for seven oh, minutes so yeah. long no it's uh, longer than that it's uh, awful yeah it's longer than seven minutes i believe yeah it's longer than um, that it's awful i've never watched it either and there's there's and and i'm but it's a brilliant movie i've heard really good things but aside from that scene and everything uh it's the same reason as I, I haven't really watched uh, uh, Deliverance all the way, you know, and everything, because I just Me either. don't, you know. Yeah. I don't like so, seeing that stuff. And, and I am not saying that that David Packard is like Gaspar Noel. Not even close, not even close, because he's a, he's a genius who makes brilliant movies, although they are very, some of them extremely difficult. Um, but I think, and I think that's where his ambition lies. I just don't think he's able to do that. And I think the other thing is that he has these other issues that crop up that that pollute the narrative. Like this whole thing with the anti, you know, Hollywood thing and Spielberg and his problems all that. I understand having some of that in there, but that's a whole separate movie. As a matter of fact, he made a short film where he kind of makes fun of Star Wars. And I, I, I forget what it's called, 
but that should have sort of gotten him out of that. That should have satisfied that. You know, stop putting all of that into your films. You don't need, we don't need that, you know? It, we don't. There's enough of that darkness in, in reality. And I understand that art, you know, imitates life and that life isn't always easy or pretty and that it can be very violent and terrible. But I also feel like if you can tell a good story without having to include violence against people in that way, um, it's, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like then life can imitate the art, mm. you know, I feel like you can, you can heal that by showing it for what it is, but you can also heal it by showing that you can have an effective story without it. And there are some parts, especially towards the middle where he is, it's just that there's, uh, there's this like five or 10 minute long montage of all of these horrific street people, all grotesquely, you know, where the where the camera has made them so that their faces are all distorted and weird. And then you look cut to him and he's all distorted and uh, weird. Like the my picture I have. Yeah, exactly. And 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 he's got 75, you know, headphones on and he's wearing 65 pairs of clothing and he's experiencing all the violence from them. And they're all like babbling nonsense and threatening him with violence. And it's just one on top of another, on top of another, on top of another. And it's just, it is a nightmare. It is the closest thing I've experienced to an actual waking nightmare. And as unpleasant and horrific as that is, I've also got to say, God damn, that was really well done. I don't know that I could ever make something like that. Mm. I mean, with the right editor, right? Like with like him, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah, but... Well, like, distorting is also a lot easier in this day and age because we have all of those like AI filters that pretty much do it for you. Exactly. Yeah. And, and this was made in 2002. So, I mean... Well, it was completed in 2002. Oh, so. it might have been made I, early. Yeah, oh. my, feeling, my feeling is that at least part of this was, was, was filmed before that. Maybe mm. some of it was, but like they have the war on terrorism stuff and everything. Mm -hmm. And so that was obviously post 9-11 and a lot of that stuff. So I think... I, I don't know. It's it, it got weird. Like there was a lot of stuff that had nothing to do with everything else that came before it. You know mm -hmm. that like the war on terrorism stuff just randomly popped up at the end. That that's a, another thing that uh, a friend of mine did point out is that like given the year the movie was made, that there's a possibility of an attempt at death regarding like subliminal messages and conspiracy theories. Because in the beginning, the old lady is crying like, "What's the number?" When we assume they're trying to call the police, because you know, it's like you know, I'm going to call the police and let Mark take care of this or whatever his name was. Um, and it's like somehow they don't know the number. It's like I haven't called it in years. But then right after it, it's like the news screen flashes. It was like terrorism hits America. And yeah. did you notice those people in the in the background on their wall? They had a big fat swastika. I did not notice that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe she probably just blocked that out anyway. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna block most of this movie out. Okay. I'm there's there's a right lot. Now. There's a lot of subliminal stuff going on. Like, you know, when, when they go back in time and he's the, we've got little Bobby and they're in the, they're in the first, um, the first thing where they're going through the universal tour and you can hear the, the person, the woman on the speaker talking about various parts where they're stopping, but it's all this weird stuff. They're like talking about how uh, she's talking about how Charlton Heston was a gay icon and, and parts of the Omega man were, you were definitely gay because all the zombies were male. 
and mm. all this other weird stuff that clearly he's that, that was not there that he chose to put that in there yeah and and there's also schindler's list the ride oh god schindler's list the ride i i i'm sorry i laughed I i'm could, pretty I sure that's not a real i thing. laughed I was like i was like they got that didn't <laughs> actually made a poster and put it somewhere yeah. oh my goodness I oh laughed. my goodness i couldn't help myself i was just well i was just surprised and so much stuff from pop culture that he he took and twisted and put in there did you notice the jaws outtake no that was the part with with quint that mm -hmm. was never in the real movie where he's got his assistant and the assistant doesn't want to be on the boat and so he fires them and that's in the something yes son of a bitch, son of a bitch. That was cut from the release of the film, but it explains why Brody was on the boat in the first place because he needed to have the second person and he wasn't on there. But I guess Spielberg decided to cut it and we got to see it, which was cool. By the way, I, I did sort of enjoy the young Spielberg shooting <laughs> something evil. That was funny. You know, bit where he's like, you know, trying to talk to the people and people are just like, who are you? Like, why are you telling us? What this is terrible. He sucks. Yeah. I thought that was kind of, and they're just keep dropping bodies for some <laughs> dummies. reason. Dummies, like throwing dummies. This stuff. guy doesn't know what he's doing. And then the girl just walks through it. Right, right, right. And then, and then they don't even say anything. Like it was weird. Mm. I, I just, <laughs> like all of that stuff was just such a strange, like little thing to it, you mm -hmm. know, or whatever. I mean, the whole movie was strange. Oh but. yeah, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. There was just a lot of interesting stuff. You know, it's, to me, it's it's not a good movie, clearly. It has a lot of issues, but there's a lot of stuff in there that also interested me too. It just, I got overwhelmed by all of the other stuff that it was difficult to enjoy the parts that I did enjoy. Well, hmm. let's talk real quick about the cinematography thing. Um, so the one thing I wanted to definitely bring up was I kept, you know, if you look up on IMDb, it says that the cinematography was done by him, right? And I'm like, yeah. that's not possible. You have to have a camera assistant, you know, or something. Have yeah, because like half there. the shots are up. Yeah, he had like six listed at the end. Yeah, so there was six people that he, and I I literally think that he just asked people, like if he was on a train, he said, you're a bus or whatever. He said, can you just film me, you know, while, <laughs> while I do this crazy shit or something, you know, and then everything that wasn't him. He well, just video the one guy, and I forget his name, but he played the golden guru, the hippie who's giving out, who was distributing all the drugs. He was one of the camera guys. So I know that for a fact. Um, <clears throat> the girl who plays Julie, I, I was telling Moody, she actually was in, uh, I guess, as a, in the background, as uh, in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which I thought was kind of fun. So there's a nice connection with him and Kevin Smith. <laughs> Yeah, if you're going to play, uh, what is it, Seven Degrees of Kevin Smith, you know, there you there go. There you go. <laughs> Two degrees that uh, that this guy, this director, Damon Packard, was uh, did. But uh, anyway. Um, uh, so some of, the, some of the acting was pretty interesting. Like the one who plays the mother. Oh, my God. The mother was hysterical. She was just hysterical. She's been in a few things. Um, I, I don't know. What did you guys think of her? Ramaku. Nope. You first. Oh, okay. Um, I, she was okay. I mean, like, to me, she didn't, uh, she, like, she was given lines that were just awful for her to, to have to say, like, 
just calling him a fat pig the whole time. I thought was just, I mean, she was kind of the voice of reason on one end, but on the other hand, she was horrible too. Uh, well, she just kept on stop eating, but apparently he was already dead, I guess. So like, did it really matter? Oh my God, you found the cookies and ate every single one of them. I was saving them for my bridge club. Yeah, something like that. But, uh, uh, yeah, uh, do people even do that anymore? I, I don't know. Don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was it was okay. She was okay. I mean, she didn't. I thought she was a better actor than he was. You know, honestly, but. I thought he was pretty good considering that character. I I don't know how he would be playing anybody else. But I can't imagine anybody else doing that character. And just, and like I Nobody said, it's a very, very physical performance. I, I can't remember the last time I saw one character actor, one actor fall or get hit so many times. On the ground, obviously. Constantly. Yeah. Doing his own uh, stunts, clearly. So what did you think of the mother? Or the acting in general? Uh, I think that she, she definitely existed. Uh, <laughs> That she sure was his mother. Um, I'll be be straight up honest with you. I'm drinking tea right now, and I really, really wish that it was uh, liquor because I want to forget this entire movie. (laughs) You should drink liquor later and just forget it. Well, I fully plan. I fully plan on it. I got a thing of eggnog. It's that season now. It's going to be eggnog (laughs) and bourbon until I die or shit myself or both. And and that's kind of one I wanted to talk about some of the better parts of the film to help you get through this. You know, um, uh, I, it, I, I don't think you know, you you know what helped me get through it. I know what helped me get through it is checking the time. How much time is left? How much time is like a is like a game of like it's oh, like we tried like, that. That was not a good game. Okay, no, no. It's sort of like it's sort of like you know those haunted houses that'll pay you ten grand to get through all the torture. It's kind of like that, except for the ten grand was just peace and quiet. Right, right. And Grand was just being on our podcast. Well, we did have that little bit of, of time. It was right before the big horrific montage, or maybe it was during, where he puts the carpenters on, which is probably another instance of where, I don't know where he got like, the permission. He, I don't think he probably did. did not. Which I'm surprised to be allowed this thing to be on, you know. Um, I, I See, it was it was put out by Cinema Epoch, and Cinema Epoch has done a lot of stuff that they put out on Tubi. So, you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm thinking there's a lot of the stuff that they didn't have the rights to or or be able to, should be able to put out. And they did. And so, oh, I, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things where I guess it doesn't matter now. And that's out. It's you out. Know. Out, people can mm-hmm. watch. You know, we'll see by the time we get... I mean, uh, this out i can't imagine steven spielberg looks at this and says yeah i better stop this movie from coming out because people will be confused and think that it's me no no, no. i don't think you have to worry about that nobody's going to make a dime off of him because for this it's clearly critic being very critical I mean, to be is free you know or whatever but they get paid so you know probably the producers or whatever distribute dis- distribution companies get paid mm. for for that so i don't know I don't know how that works. Yeah, and that's that's a whole weird world of self-distribution, too, where you can make whatever the hell you want and not worry about the rights to you know intellectual property because you don't care because nobody's going to see it except the people who buy your movie from you in the first place. And unless one of them happens to be an entertainment lawyer, you generally don't have to worry about it. But mm-hmm. 
taking it onto Tubi or onto cable is a very different ball. Cable. I would love to see this on fucking Oh, God, cable. I would love it. <laughs> I just, no. Oh, I'm really glad I don't have cable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I mean, it's just one of those things of like, remember when USA used to do a USA Up All Night? This would yeah, be yeah, Up yeah. All Night kind of movie, except... Nobody would watch it. Well, and that's, I was kind of hoping you would kind of look at it being a filmmaker yourself and say, okay, yes, it's insane and crazy and grotesque and weird, but, you know, it's somewhat experimental. And yes, he's doing I can definitely things. see that. I can definitely see that. Like I, like I was saying, I was comparing it to French New Wave because there was a lot of like symbolism in it. And I, I understand that. And I'm sure that if he, I think that if he had gone maybe a little less with how disgusting it sounded and how disgusting it was and all the screaming, he was just on level 11 the entire time to the point that it was very hard to focus and see oh, where no. that where the symbolism was. I think that if I watched it on mute with subtitles, not that I think any subtitles would, would work, but if I were to watch it on mute and see the, the dialogue play out that way, I might be able to get a better idea of what he seemed to be now, saying. Was there, was there um, subtitles? <laughs> I tried. There I was. just sat there in horror for a while. Yeah, on Tubi there was. It just it didn't uh, it didn't translate when I. Oh yeah, um, yeah I know. Well, I was just wondering if Tubi did actually. Think about this. This it. this movie is in a situation where you might understand it a bit more if you saw it on a big screen with all of the the Dolby digital surround sound and all of that, but oh my God, would you want to experience that? I don't Absolutely I not. I didn't want to experience any of this, and yet <laughs> here we are. This is re that's ridiculous, because, uh, you know, there's at one point, they have the THX thing or whatever, and, and they said, I think even in the credits, they said Dolby digital uh, right. 2.0. Look, if you played this as a backtrack to a very chaotic haunted house, I would not question it. Right. If it's meant to disorient, confuse, frustrate, and give you anxiety, uh, it's well done. It's yeah. funny that you mentioned that because what did I watch last night before I went to bed? Finally, I got around to watching Zero Dark Thirty. And there's one point where they have the... <coughs> prisoners in rendition in, in these black uh, prisons where they're playing, they're tormenting them by playing nothing but hard rock all, all night long. I'm like, I can just imagine playing this movie to a prisoner 24 seven, that this would, this would break them. This would drive them crazy. This I'm so would... mad that you like, you, you use in comparison, zero dark 30 to this movie. Well, it just happened to be what I watched, you know, that's all. Zero dark 30 is a way better movie oh, yeah. than that. Sure, yeah. sure, 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 sure. Oh uh, yeah, but yeah, that's that's the funny thing. But this is a movie you break prisoners with. This yeah. is a movie you break people's <laughs> will with. This is this is just virtual waterboarding all the way. This is the <laughs> Taylor Swift of. Oh you know, God, just... <laughs> no! Don't even. I won't. I won't insult Damon Packard. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know. Um, but yeah, I I don't. There's know. there's you can say a lot about this movie. It ain't basic though. That's for sure. It's it's weird. It's yeah. Not, you mm. know. You know. I don't know. I, I, because I'm weird and twisted, I kind of got a little bit more enjoyment out of this than maybe you guys do. See, I was telling Paul earlier that if I were to find this, like if I had, was on Tubi and this popped up, you know, and I was like, oh, okay, let me try this out. Cause it sounds cool. Cause reflections of evil. 
you know, that sounds interesting. So I turn it on. I watch five minutes of it. I'm like, nope. Right. And I wouldn't be able to survive two and a half. That's the difference between normal people and me, because you guys watch this five minutes like this is terrible and repulsive. I'm turning it off. I'm five minutes into this and I'm thinking this is terrible and repulsive. This intrigues me. I'm watching more. (laughs) <laughs> you know, to each their own different strokes for different folks. Uh, my particular strokes led me right to, uh, you know, the backyard where I could just get some air and try to forget that's the thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't blame your strokes, you know, at all. Because I think your strokes kind of line up with mine. Because I just, I don't know. Like, I just, I can't, I, I even when, when I watched... There are some times, though, your stuff kind of rubs off on me in the, in the sense that I want to put it on Indie Film Cafe or whatever mm-hmm. to torture you. <laughs> you know, I did torture him once. Oh, yeah. There was one movie oh, yeah. that he said was like, the like he was like, are you getting me back for all the years I've tortured uh-huh. you? And that was called Eight Days a Week. And it was literally about a guy who was standing outside a girl's house, you know, a teenager standing outside a girl's house, Carrie Russell's house, by the uh, and he was uh, not going to leave until she fell in love with him. Yeah, Creepy. stalker. Stalker shit. Except that it wasn't made to be a stalker movie. It was made to be the a romantic, ro- yeah, like that's what happens. Yeah, because, you know, normally people call the cops on on those kind of people, you know. Just, As they should. Yeah, but, you know, in this, in this story, you know, or whatever. But anyway, the point was, it was the one movie he was like, oh, my God, do we have to watch this? And, uh and I was like, it was so fun to see him squirm for once, you know. <laughs> I guess if I had to make you watch a mainstream movie, you would yeah, see and that's just it. I my life, most half, first half of my life was so sick of mainstream movies. Something like this is a real breath of fresh air because it is as far away from mainstream as you're going to yeah. get, you know. I think that's the that's the difference because me and Ramaku like more mainstream stuff, Lord of the Rings and other things, you know, or whatever that you wouldn't normally like. You you like Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings. but I like them when they're well done. It's just that so many of them are not. So many of them are just mediocre. And remember, I love things that are either brilliantly good or incredibly terrible. I hate mediocrity. I just despise mediocrity with all my fiber. I can't. And wait, do you it. think something was mediocre having to do with the Tolkien universe? No, not no, me. No, not, okay, no. I was about. We were about to fight there. Yeah, no. I was saying. I was using Lord of the Rings as an example for stuff that you really like, you know, because I don't really know a lot of movies that you you would, you know, I don't know your favorite films, but I know you're Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> See, but he likes the Lord of the Rings. Sure, he likes great. Peter Jackson. Yeah. you know, as yeah. a film. <clears throat> no, he didn't like. I guarantee you wouldn't have liked King Kong. The Peter Jackson King Kong. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah I knew so, I wasn't going to like that one. Yeah, see, that's the that's the thing. But I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I own it. So, I mean... You know, yeah. to me, I always said the perfect example of the kind of mediocre Hollywood stuff that, that came out, you know, all the time was something like a movie called Tequila Sunrise, which I got dragged to see in the theaters. And it is the perfect example of the most forgettable, bland you know, nothing movie that Hollywood cranked out on a normal basis. And I just yeah. find that to be so offensive and terrible. And I, that's the thing that, that drives me nuts. And I hate it. I'd much rather watch a failure, a brilliant failure that at least tried to do something different. Okay. You know what I, mean? I have a question regarding the movie. What was with 
the headphones and the watches at the end. Like, like I feel like the watches were like that time thing, but was there was there revealed a purpose for him having well, so many headphones? The, I, I think with regards to the watches is because he did spend a, a part of his life where he was selling watches on the street. Mm. And I think that he just utilized that as, as, you know, for this character. As far as the headphones go, I don't know what you you experience you guys have, but in other in some of the big cities that I've been in, where there have been significant homeless populations, almost all of them that the ones I remember seeing had headphones. So mm. it was kind of like whatever miserable situation they were in, at least they had that one little thing that they could listen to some music or something that would give them some way to escape, besides drugs, I guess, in, in some cases that they could use. So I think that's kind of what that, that is. It's like a symbol of that one little thing that he could possibly use that might escape the horrible life that his character was in. It's just maybe, that like every, everything else, it was done to a grotesque level. Maybe you'll find out in part two. Yeah, well, we'll all have to get together and watch that in part two so that we See, can now, continue to stop yourself here, you know, asking these questions and wanting to know the answer because... God, God knows if, uh, I mean, who knows if it'll ever be made or completed or come out or God knows, you know, yeah. it's, it's hard to say, but I can tell you, I, you know, in the indie film community, he, this guy does have a name. He's, he's kind of known for some of these movies. And, um, you know, there are a couple of other ones. Thing or a bad thing. There are a couple other ones that I know we're going to do. It's just that this is done at the, like you said, at level 11. I don't think the other movies are quite like this. Um, there's nobody running around <laughs> that's all that's half the movie is you know? yeah yeah this is funny but there yeah there was a lot of stuff in here that i was just i was just laughing it was just so funny to me you know mm. gr grotesque as it was i i couldn't help but enjoy parts of it it was just bizarre mm -hmm. but yeah there are other parts that just ground on and on and on and i'm like yeah you definitely could have cut five minutes here ten yep. minutes there you know, the 90 minute cut of this probably would have been better. You know, 90 minute cut. I don't I don't know about that or not, but I well, the only other movie that I remember tormented you nearly as much, and I'm dying to hear what you had to say to compare this with is Actia Maximus. Yeah, I was thinking so you were gonna say that. How does this compare to that? Well, okay, so to be honest i gave that a 9.5 right because i didn't think you were gonna actually give me a 10 on our first go run <laughs> on our first like one back so i should have given a 10 you know that was a 10 that was that was a movie the that regret he's gonna take to his yeah. grave um just the same with barn of the blood llama um <laughs> but this movie i think i think the difference is that guy doesn't know how to make a movie and this guy probably has the talent to actually make something good. He just doesn't want to. Yes, exactly. That's 100% correct. That's not the troll. <laughs> he he could make a good movie. He's got the he's got the technology. He's got the knowledge of how to shoot shots and you know, yeah. I mean maybe but I have to actually cast good actors except for i mean i did like the i did like julie I, I, this yeah is, yeah it was okay she was good i mean she got to run around in this diaphanous nightgown thingy and that was good hi kitty or is that bash no this is gambit She's oh hi gambit kitty 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 yeah there you go um so i don't know i 
I yeah, it's like I kind of like these weird maverick filmmakers who are burning to tell their movies or tell their stories, but only the way they want to do it. They mm-hmm. don't want to conform to the way Hollywood wants you to do things, which is not. I'm all, look, good. I'm all about non-conforming. I, I very much like defying standard rules that are set for us by by people who are only profiting off of our hard work, such as like gender roles and the way that Hollywood does things half the time. However, um, there comes a point where in your your quest, we'll say, to defy uh, the norm, that you create something that makes the norm preferable. And I think that that ends up doing more damage than anything else, Mm -hmm. because you want people to seek out different ways to tell stories, different voices, different methods. But when you make something like this, you make people want to go right back. And you know what? It's like you've just described Frankenstein. You know, (laughs) Dr. Frankenstein wanted to make something that was better for the world. And instead, he made something that was far worse and monstrous. And it ends up killing Okay, so the better of the thing is is being able to bring somebody back from the dead? Well, if you can conquer death, that's like the big thing humanity has always wanted to do. I don't think that's good for humanity because we need, we sort of- We need need dead people. We we, Because population, you know? Every person in the world were to get up and be alive. We we know this now in 19, you know, what is 18, yeah, they, were they weren't thinking about that yeah they weren't besides thinking. we know that if we defeated death available to those who have exceptional money and it would only be a way to continue their monopoly uh empires and just in True. general continue the borderline right. aristocracy that's and that's a very modern perspective that's not something that mary shelley would have been thinking about so no, mary shelley was like yo not dying dope yeah, that would be the ultimate thing. <laughs> That's exact. That was her quotes when she was uh, <laughs> when she was for her gravestone, on her gravestone, not dying. But nope. the, the brilliant thing about that is that you know this the character actually achieves it, but it turns out to be a monstrosity and ends up being this horrible thing. And that's that's great. And that's kind of along the parallel I see here, mm-hmm. where you get to a point, like you said, where you finally stick your thumb up at the conventions of filmmaking, but you know, and, and at the same time, you've created a monster because of that. And that's yeah. and it's just like him slouching through the movie with 25 pairs of clothing and 75 headphones. He's He's become the monster that he's created himself by his mm-hmm. own character and his own yeah. film. It's just, it's just so many different levels that that's what I love about the movie, as bad and weird as it was. There's just so many levels of it. It's just cool to me. Just like his clothes, so many levels. <laughs> All right, he I think we're at that. What? <laughs> he was wearing a lot. He was wearing a lot. Yeah, oh my God. He, he did. He was, and it made him look bigger than he actually probably was. He oh, yeah. 400 yeah. pounds, but I guarantee you, was, he was. Much Half bigger. of that was 27 layers of stuff. Yeah. All right. I think we're at that point, though. Okay. We're, we're heading there. So uh, thank you, Ramaka. We're going to go right into the uh, stinkometer. stinkometer. Uh, so, so, yeah. The fun part. Yeah. <laughs> have you been like thinking about this at all like throughout the whole time of like Ooh. oh i already know my answer you already oh, know. yeah there you go so this is the point where we rate our film all three of us and uh it's one to ten by which the lower the score the better the film so if we give it we thought it was a really good movie we would give it a one if we thought it was kind of meh in between we might give it a five and if we thought it was a big old steaming cow 
flop, we would give it a 10. And if you felt a little subtle about your score, you might give it a half step, you know, a 2.5, a 3.5, something like that. And then we add up the scores, the three scores, and then we see how that compares to the rest of the movies in the season. And then once we get a final score, we'll see where it ranks on the stinkometer, on the, the stairway to stinky heaven. The ladder of stink. <laughs> the ladder of stink where Neil Breen and uh, and David the Rock Nelson and uh, God, uh, some of the other movies we've seen that are just, ugh, just amazing. Um, so who would like to score the movie first? I think Ramaku said she already had an answer. So I want to hear what she Ramaku's has to say. pounding some tea there. So she's, yeah. she's, I'm, I'm just feeling herself. Ten. All right. Ten. A little to no redemptive things about this film. Disturbing to watch, disturbing to listen to. Gave me the heebie-jeebies 100% of the time. And it just, there was no, like, when I watch terrible movies, I like to watch it for the fun of it. I don't don't want to sit here and watch cheap 2002 French new wave trying to prove a point and failing utterly. And I don't want to watch something that's going to push people back into the, the realm of, you know, I think I would rather rather watch Peter Jackson's King Kong than this. You know, I would rather just give it a straight just 10 because there was just there were zero times that I enjoyed it. Okay. So, I think that's I think that's fair for you for sure. And because we were bringing up Alien Prophecy which uh you actually sort of enjoyed the movie at least, you know? You had a good time watching it. It wasn't something that like pissed you off or anything, you know? And this movie pissed you off. Um, however, for me, I have seen worse movies <laughs> from Paul. Me? No, Paul has shown me worse already. Oh, yeah. and I, got oh, I thought you more. loved him. Oh, man. So he's been very nice to you because the, even though this is a terrible movie to you, uh, you have not seen you've not seen something like Miss Werewolf or uh you know some of the other ones that have gone 30s neil breen stuff like that where you just be like nope you know like <laughs> i'm i can't i can't get it so uh yeah so if this was a 10 for you oh oh boy man maybe we should uh we should doc doctrinate you to to what what a real 10 is later and then you can a real 10 yes <laughs> excuse me <laughs> okay wow. yes to this this is a real 10 for you so uh yeah i'm gonna have to go with 9.5 um personally speaking because i just, <laughs> it was terrible it was and it was awful but the editing and some of the some of the ideas that they tried to get across you know saved it from being just the worst you know of the stuff like this this the biggest problem with this movie is it's two and a half or two almost two and a half hours yes two hours and 17 minutes yes that in itself is the biggest problem with the movie it's punishing it's punishing and especially on tubi where it's like two oh two i can't imagine i can't it's like oh over three hours long trust me i drove to williamsburg so that he didn't have to experience seeing this. I was, I was willing to do it just like you were. So I know, and I knew it. that that would that would make this even more torment. And believe me, if I could have done the same for you, Morocco, I would have. But because of distance, we couldn't do that. I I could only save one of you, so I, I had to yeah. go with the one. That I was, was the sacrifice. Stay. I get it. No, it's fine. Fine. When he says stay, 
You just didn't want me on my phone the whole time. Well, there's that too. You know, because anytime I went to my phone to look up research for this movie or anything, find out who the cinematographer was, he was like, Jonathan, no. put that phone down. Bobby, put the sandwich down, Bobby. You're yeah. getting fat, Bobby. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> you know, like I can't even like look at my phone at all. I have to watch every single second of this things so. right with every Whatever. drop with every spoonful but anyway so uh, nine and a half for you nine and a half for me all right well obviously i enjoyed this a little bit more than you guys um there is to me a lot of interesting stuff going on the problem is of course is that it is buried under layers and layers and layers of punishing shit that is very <laughs> tough to go through and you know again i have seen like jonathan said i have seen a lot worse than this but I've also seen other unconventional movies that are able to do this sort of thing better. Right. Um, you know, and again, a lot of this has to do with budget, but he did get some money out of this. So I don't know. It's, it's difficult to say. I applaud the guy for at least attempting to tell this story the way he wanted to tell it. And I, I'm kind of glad that he's going to kind of come out with a second version. Maybe, maybe it'll make he's glad. Well, it might clarify some things, you know, but if it's another two hours of mouth sounds. I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Maybe you have to watch it first. And yeah. Then we'll see. see. If it's okay for you. Um, watch. But it's still, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of repetition that I personally just, you know, it was very, very hard to sit through. And yeah, some of the, some of the sound effects and some of the visuals, while there were some really good creepy ones, there were also some ones that were just gross and unnecessary mm -hmm. and kind of pointless to me. So given that, I'm probably going to go with an eight and a half. Eight you know, know. It's, it's bad. Generous. It's generous. But it's, it's, got, it's got some neat images in there. Some, some stuff that I really thought was neat, was, was, was well done. I feel um, like he doesn't want Damon Packard mad at us. Either. Oh no, you know I don't care about that. I I, I kind of like the fact when when filmmakers get mad at us, it means yeah. they're paying attention, which is nice. Well, yeah, they're paying attention, and they're also they're mad at us because we're being honest about our opinions. You know, even if we get things wrong from them. Yeah, say what you want. We try to have integrity here on Indie Film Cafe, and um, I personally cannot give this a worse score. I wish I could have given it a better score. Mm -hmm. If this had been a 90 minute version, like John Landis had said, this could have been a much better film, mm -hmm. but you know. I don't agree with that. Well, it could have been a better film, maybe not a much better film. It could have been less bad, but it could not have been better, if that makes sense. <laughs> she said it would have been a 9.5 for her, not a 10. I see. No, know. it would have been a 9.9. 9.9. <laughs> yeah. I wish we could give those. Yeah. But, you know, any, anytime I, I, I love any movie that, you know, uh, sticks its middle finger up at Hollywood and the conventional yeah. way of doing anything. But so I, we have a 10, we have a 9.5 and we have an 8.5, which makes this an average of a 9.4 stinkage. Yes. Yeah. So that's still pretty damn stinky. Wait, so 9.4? So, all right. Uh, what would that get us close to, I wonder? Oh uh, gosh, I remember. I think I think uh, Barn of the Blood Llama was like nine point five, so oh. it's just behind that. Have you guys seen Llamageddon? Oh yeah, yes. we fun. reviewed that. Yeah, it was great. I was told to watch that. We also still have that um, that one that like, your friend did. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's right. We gotta do that. I gotta. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we gotta get you 
we gotta go do that sometime. Well, and that's why we're hoping to see see you when you come and, and visit the area. You absolutely will, but I'm gonna make uh just just a quick caveat to that. Um, I I if if you're gonna subject me to one of the worst films ever. You have to give me one of the best snacks ever. Oh, yes. trust you. Trust me. I'm ready to do some cooking. Yeah. There's, there's going okay. to be food. There's going to be snackage. There may even be adult beverages for at least you and me. Uh, I'm going to need them. There you go. There you go. We, we, we treat our Rimaku well whenever we get the chance to see her. So there you go. <laughs> I will bring Bash again. How about that? Hey. You're always right, welcome so, to bring Bash. Okay, so that basically was a uh, 28, you know, I believe, on the uh, stinkometer. So that actually pulls it up to, I love your ladder stink, because now I can look at I know, the ladder stink's wonderful. Blood, Barn of the Blood Llama, mm -hmm. Fungicide. Fungicide. Thanks. Have you seen Fungicide? No. You have got to see Fungicide. When when, just for funsies, we'll show that to you. It is so much fun. Yeah, we'll yeah. actually enjoy it. It's little, bad, little, little evil mushroom puppets. Yeah. Um, and CGI mushrooms. Um, State of the art. Thanks, Killing and Curse of the Bigfoot. Those are oh god, Curse, Curse of Bigfoot. Of Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the uh, the ones that this this rivals up there with or whatever. Okay. So, very nice. Very yeah, nice. They're, they're so what what got a um what got a full stink from you guys? What movie? Oh, you mean the thirties? Mm -hmm. Oh, a lot. We've got a lot. Oh, yeah, okay. read her off the, the list. Okay, so Faithful Findings, that's a Neil Breen movie. That's the first one. Yep. Hanuman what, do you say, what do you say, Faithful Findings? Yeah. Faithful Findings, yeah, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> uh, Hanuman and the Five Riders. Another nightmare movie. Uh, Killer Biker Chicks, which yeah. is just, just hard to watch. It's just so long and boring. Uh, in fact, we went to go check on the time, and we're like, oh my God, it's not even halfway through you know uh cardinal sin of bad filmmaking is i always said is it for it to be boring i don't know though this movie is kind of boring at times Those, at times yeah but we're talking about an entire film it's it it repetitious not boring i couldn't yeah. fade out of it but i really wanted to <laughs> really wanted to stop watching <laughs> i was like uh you gotta get through this um yeah miss werewolf um, You've got to see Miss Werewolf. That's a maze okay. ball. But it's two hours and 45 not, minutes. Not only did that get a 10, it got a 10 plus. Yeah. Uh, Terror Bigfoot Pond, which uh, made, uh, Lila and uh, Bobby did. Um, Liking Colony. Oh, God. Liking Colony. <laughs> Twisted Pair. Another. Oh, God. There's a lot. Twisted Pair. That got a 30. That's another oh, Neil Breen. Twisted what? Uh, Twisted Pair. Like not like a pair you it's but like you get uh, double the meal brain is in there twice. Yeah, he's in there twice. Uh zombie cop, which you would hate because it is very either the just say like the people that made it disown it. Yeah. You know, because they realized they made something that was very culturally uh inappropriate inappropriate at times and stuff. So not not you know. And the problem was I had my friend Lila who's very much like you. And I was watching with her and I was cringing because I forgot about some of the stuff <laughs> in, this in the movie. And even without that stuff, it's still pretty bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Turkish Star Wars. Oh my God. You Turkish have to watch. Star Wars. That is so off the chain fun. You'll, you'll enjoy that one. Uh, okay. Corey Feldman's Busted. 
movie uh, that he did. Uh, that one was so bad that the two people I had on with me didn't even want to talk about the movie half the time. They want to talk about other. I had to keep bringing them back to the movie. And even they, Corey himself doesn't like it. Oh no, he hates it. Um, but that's also a bad time for him. So, Geek Maggot Bingo. Oh yeah, Geek Maggot Bingo. Nick, Nick Zed, you got to watch that at some point. Okay. Well, there's there's neither geeks, maggots, nor bingo in the film. Marina Monster. Ah, uh, Marina Monster, the plastic shark attack. Um, Maradonia. Oh God Almighty, that was that's the worst movie you've shown me, and uh, maybe not the most uh, painful, but it was as far as the worst made. And you know, I was going to have you at one point as a guest, but uh, we didn't end up doing that. Um, and it was probably because you already did a fantasy one. You did the Legend of the Red Reaper with us, so I didn't want to give you the oh, like back. Literally, that. literally, that was the movie reference while we were watching it. Um. Uh, one of my friends was just like, I would rather watch the Red Reaper one again than watch the rest of it. Oh, God. Red Reaper is a million times better than Maradonian. Mm. Yeah. Red, Red Reaper was better than that. And I guess it was better than this movie. Yeah. I mean, um, especially if you love Lord of the Rings. Oh, my God. This movie would be like pulling your toenails out. And last but not least is uh, Blind Ghost. Oh, Blind Ghost is so much fun. Blind yeah. Ghost. Blind Ghost. Just imagine. Um, hold on. Let me see if I let me see if we had any. Did we have any yet? Have we had a 30 yet for this season? For season six? No, I think we've only we had a few movies yet. No, we haven't. No, we haven't had one yet. So we will, though, because we just started this oh, yeah. next season. So for season six, so and did uh, yeah, that's right. So Zuzu Queen of Monsters didn't get a, a 30. Did it? No, might have, might have. No, I don't think it did. Or did no. Corn Man? Corn no, Man. Corn Man didn't. No, I know okay. Corn Man didn't. And Jack Froston. So yeah, I think maybe... I thought Zuzu might, but it, that's right. I think even... Blind Ghost is the last one, I think. Yeah, even Just Jen, you know, cut Zuzu, Queen of Monsters, a little slack. It was adorable. You were so cute. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know because I don't... Uh, wait, do I have the... I might have the listing here because I don't remember what... Um, yeah. That was that was our season finale of last year. Because uh, I always like to save one of the stinkier movies for the the you know the outro, so to speak. Plus, we usually have just Jen doing it, and I like to torment her a little bit. I know you're so <laughs> Yeah, it did get a thirty. Oh, it did. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought it might have squeaked through. What did Corn Man get? Corn Man got twenty two point five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh my. We goodness. haven't we haven't quite put those up yet. No, it did get a third because I remember Jen going Zuzu was totally because there wasn't she wasn't queen of the monsters, queen of the animals. She had a pug and a tutu that would and talk and they say called the queen so of the monsters. Cute. It had nothing to do with monsters. But the problem is, is that it took about 20 minutes of a French cartoon called uh, the Red Balloon and put it in the middle. So that's what drove these guys crazy. No, I mean, it was just, it made me. Hey, it won an Academy Award in right. That was the best movie I could have done without the dog and the cat talking the whole time, you know, giving their commentary. That was my favorite part. So anyway, yeah, that's, that was that. So, ugh. Um, yeah, that was your favorite part, but <laughs> not everybody else's. Uh, um, it was cute. But yeah, anyway, that, that's, that's, those are all the, thir- we've had a lot of thirties and yeah. uh, last year we had probably the most that last season. 
yeah, the most. I think that's why this season's not going to have this, as many. This particular movie was more punishing than fun. Usually, we go for more fun ones. But we were all also making up in season five for season four, where I oh god, my yeah. god, there was a lot. Of there 30s. were at least three movies that should have been thirties that squeaked by somehow, including Alien Prophecy. Because somebody sure decided that there was one tiny little bit in there that was worth saving that was every single person would say that except for john ward who said uh, alien beast is one of the worst movies i've ever seen and should have been universal 30 except john ward said it was so bad that he decided it went all the way around to good and we were like what not does good. that mean not good but uh, all the way back to like okay or whatever you know because he gave it a five and we're like what what like, that doesn't make any sense and even now he regrets making that yeah, well, he he still probably wouldn't give it a, a like a ten, but he would give it a higher score than five, I think. Good lord, it's hard. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Yeah, it was pretty bad, but you know, I mean, and he he has shown us because he does one later that's in another uh, episode of this season that we've already recorded before this uh, that will actually be a pretty good movie, you mm-hmm. know, and stuff. So, and you know, it's interesting. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes you'll get a movie that you would just assume oh god how can anybody not think this was a terrible movie and some people be like oh this wasn't so bad you know so you never know it's uh, it's all subjective and that's kind of the fun thing about indie film cafe and that's why i like having three three hosts especially if we can get somebody who's different than us because we've got the nerdy white guy point of view pretty much down pat Mm -hmm. so we like diversity and um you know, I didn't know whether, uh, you know, as a, a woman's point of view, you might have seen things differently than we did. So, you know, well, I don't know. a woman sometimes. Oh, yeah, sometimes. that's true. Sometimes. She's gender fluid, so there you go. Yeah, pronouns are usually they, them. But I don't, I don't mind as long as I'm not just she, her. It's, it's whatever. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you, Ramaku, so much for, yes, especially, for sitting through it. Especially because you were kind of like a last second uh guest appearance because uh we needed we really needed somebody and you, you know i got you back if i can you stepped up big time so yeah thank you yeah there was it was to the point where i i asked you but i wasn't even when paul sort of explained what we were watching i was like oh god i don't know if ramaku is gonna enjoy this or not i knew there's no I did way not. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you took it like a champ i was like i did i did i took you it like a champ. It. you didn't write back just to go you know what guys i had to stop it i can't watch this Sorry. yeah i mean i knew that uh there was no way that jackie was going to sit through this and i knew yeah. if, if i made just jen do it she'd punch me so yeah. i don't want to get punched i've already making up for the, this whole year has been making up for miss werewolf from her yeah yeah <laughs> see now i want to watch miss werewolf was there any redeeming like was it funny or- oh i thought it was hysterical I want to watch it then. But he thought this movie was hysterical. Well, no, not the same level. Mm, not I don't know. Level. Okay, I'm I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I think you, okay. You know what? You I will try and watch some of it. I will I'm not going to sit through the whole thing again. I will send you a clip and then you tell me if you want to watch it because I guarantee when you watch it, you're going to be like, this is terrible. The worst thing I may have ever seen. God, I have to see more. Okay. That's how, that's what I'm betting. Perfect. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right, people. Uh, I haven't even showed her an Nick Zed movie. It's true. You've only shown me a couple. So. I know. I know. I've shown Gary more. Oh, yeah. Poor Gary. Poor Gary. You need to get him back on. Yes. At some point. Yes, yes, yes. 
we we Gary's his like best friend so like it's always nice to have him on because he's he's been tortured by Paul way longer than I have yeah you know so he was my Delaware uh sort of torture case and then my friend Curtis uh he was kind of my first Virginia guy that I tormented and now it's Mr. Moody's turn um okay I'll tell you I'll make you a bet okay Hmm? if if I don't like Miss Werewolf then for the next time that I guest on this, I will wear the most boring, like outfit of all time. If I, well, we lost you for a second. Outfit of all time. Okay, so you're you're gonna have to wear a crazy outfit if you do not like it. <laughs> now, now yeah, I if think I do can... like it. Okay, if you do like it. Yeah, if I do like it. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you what. If you hate it, I will. I will come in uh, on the indie film cafe wearing my cow onesie. No, because you like doing that anyway. Like that's not torture. Oh, for you. Okay, how about this? How about this? Hear me out. Okay. Okay. Onesie. You have to wear. I have. I happen to have a horse mascot costume. You have to wear the head of that with the cow onesie. Okay. You know, pretty much giving him things he likes to do. So whatever, <laughs> you know, it, it, you'd have to say you have to wear I love Steven Spielberg shirt for like, you know, for a whole day. And you'd be like, mm-hmm. or, yeah. or, or I'll make you watch a movie that'll make you like your entire body will just want to shut down and just dip right then. You just, Dude, if you could torture him, <laughs> I'd be surprised. You know, they, you can find something worse. Just, than- just don't ask either Gary or Curtis. They both know the movies that get me really, really badly. Wait, don't ask. Yes, don't ask them. Why? Because they know the movies that really, really get me. I know. Right, I'm just gonna have to experiment then. <laughs> and yeah, we have ways of making you torment. You know, you have to figure out. Yeah, you got to figure it out on your own. You can't cheat. I guess that's <laughs> what he's trying to say. There All you right. Go. Well, if that happens, that happens. But you are coming soon, so we will hey. have you back in the studio and for, for snackage and and adult beverages and and cakes and cookies and stinky movies. We fun. Oh. Yes. Okay. I'm into it. Yay. Yay. All right. And and bash. We need bash. Yes. You know. Bet. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up this episode of Indie Film Cafe. Hope everybody had a good time. If you get the chance, go out and see this film. If you're willing to challenge yourself, uh, if you're looking for something that's more of an easy ride, you may want to skip this one. (laughs) Um, But thank you for joining us. And we will see everybody in next episode, which is Mr. Moody's, I think. Or is it mine still? I forget. But it'll be a it'll be a weird indie movie of some kind. I'm not sure. <laughs> and thank you very much, Ramaku. We always love having you on there. Anytime. And, uh, we will see everybody next time. Bye. Bye.